Okay. Uh, what? Don't. Why are you eating the mic? Don't do that. Okay. Can you hear that? Hey guys, I'm C. I'm Key. And welcome to Girls, Ghosts, Ghosts and Ghouls. This week we're doing two episodes back to back because last week I had the sick very badly. And I also thought Key had the sick. Mm. But she didn't have the sick. She would just had a sore nose, apparently. Unrelated. So, what's up? Nothing. What are you talking about? There's a lot up. You literally have your road test tomorrow for your driver's license. Oh. Whoa. Those are like big life moments, man. Yeah. No pressure. So much pressure. Get off the phone. I'm so confused. Get off the grass. Get off the road. Like the goose. Yeah. Good There's test. geese everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's that time where they're, like, feeding to fly down south because they're smarter than we are, and they know it's time to leave when the snow's ahead in this way. Yeah. So we had the first day of autumn this week. Dun, yeah, dun, dun. everyone did. You know what that Not means. Not just us. Uh, no, the southern hemisphere had the first day of spring this week. So chew on that. I will not. Um, yeah, you know what that means? Autumn's here. Halloween is here. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to most for Halloween? Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, so Canadian Thanksgiving is in October yeah, for those who don't like know. Octo- that. Like early October. Because it's not really Thanksgiving. It's based on like the European Harvin, Harvin Festival. That's a thing. Harvest Festival because that's when the harvest ended. Um, you know, all those good old pagan traditions. And so we call it Thanksgiving, but like, it's just a harvest celebration. Anyway, it's the beginning of October. So that's coming before Halloween. Do you know what you're being for Halloween yet? No. Me neither. And then, which is like very rare for me. Usually I have it planned like months in advance. We haven't even been to Spirit Halloween. We haven't even watched Halloween Town yet. We're dropping the ball. Like drop... (laughs) Mic drop. Accidental or real? <laughs> You'll never know. All right, so we're recording two episodes back to back, but for this episode, we are starting with. What are we starting with? You don't know because you didn't research. I'm telling you the story. Okay, we are starting with a story that was recommended to us by Emma on Twitter, and it is the Black Donnellys, which is. Kind of a combo true crime story slash paranormal story. So there's a lot of history surrounding this. Are you aware of the Black Donnellys? No. The Black what? Donnellys. I thought you said dolls. <laughs> no. I'm not aware of either. <laughs> That's good, I guess. Okay, anyway. All right, so let's start with this story of the Black Donnellys. So it begins in the mid-19th century, which is the... Wait, what? <laughs> the mid-19th century, which is the... 19th century. Which means... The 1800s. Ooh, you got it right this time. The 1800s. Mid-1800s. So the, basically, that was the big time of immigration to Canada from Europe. A lot of Irish people were coming here because potato famine and such things. It was a lot better opportunity for them in Canada than there were at home where there was no food. So a lot of people uh, came and settled in Ottawa looking for land and work and 
such things. The Donnelly family were one of these new arrivals. They came from Ireland, and their names were James and Joanna Donnelly. They moved here with their youngest son, Jackson. their only son at this time, <laughs> whose name was James Jr. Uh, typical. So JJ and JJ. Yeah. James, Joanne, and James Jr. James, Joanna, and James Jr. JJ, JJ. <laughs> Uh, th- this is sometime between 1842 and 1846. They don't know exactly when. Uh, after they moved here, they had a second son who they named... Joanne Jr. Will. <laughs> what? <laughs> they broke the tradition of the J. What have you been doing with your life, Donnellys? Uh, so they had zero money when they mo- moved here, but they were good workers, so they moved to a the Biddulph Township, which is just lower... North, north of London, Ontario. In 1847, they went and basically squatted on this piece of land that no one was using. Not like squat, <laughs> not that kind of squatted. They just popped a squat. I mean, and claimed it as their territory like dogs do. I mean, they might have also <laughs> done that. Oh, that was my heel. <laughs> no, so they found this like piece of land that nobody was using. No. And they were like, this is our land now. Because we squatted on it. <laughs> because this is ours. First come, first So squat. they built... No, first squat. What? What? Never mind. <laughs> okay. So they started clearing the trees and they basically built a farm there and like a house and everything. Yeah. Uh, they did that for 10 years and they like built up the land and they actually had like a decent farm going on there. Uh, she had... Jo- she, but meaning Joanna, gave birth to five more sons who will remain unnamed because Nicole I don't Washington. have their names. No. <laughs> and they had one daughter named... Sorry, I'm playing trivia crack. Um, <laughs> Joanna. Jenny. Junior. Jenny? Yeah, Jenny. So they went back to the J thing. I don't know what their other five sons were named, but... Juke John, Jachu, and... Juke John? <laughs> Juke is not Jack, a name. You, I mean, maybe it is Jark, a name. Juke, and John. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> so they were... Basically doing pretty okay. They had their farm. They'd built a house. They had five more kids, sons and one daughter. So they had a total of eight, eight kids. That's hard. Um, and so they were finally, like, getting ahead. They were actually starting to, like, turn a profit on their farm. Yeah. However, that couldn't last for very long because a dude named Patrick Farrell, no relation to Will Farrell. Actually, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> I could. He maybe there is a relation. Who knows? Um, he he, he purchased. You said Will Ferrell, right? Yeah. But I thought Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? Think I don't that? know. That's who I was picturing in my head. Um, that's interesting. He's like Will Ferrell. Yeah, Will Smith. Same person. <laughs> uh, weird. Okay, so uh, Patrick Farrell came and purchased the land from the guy that actually owned it, um, who wasn't obviously using it because he didn't notice that the Donnellys had literally moved on there for 10 years. So the landlord that owned the land sold it to this Jude Patrick who, when he arrived to Canada from Ireland in 1857. So he was like, I'm going to go check out my new land and see what's up there. And then he's like, holy shit, there is an entire family living here (laughs) and farming. So he confronted James Sr. and was like, dude, get off my land. I just bought this land. And... James wasn't the kind of person to be confronted and he basically beat the crap out of him. Out of Patrick. 
while his family was like, woo woo, fight, 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 yeah, on the side. That's what I would have been doing. Yeah, so then Pharaoh was like, well, I obviously can't fight this guy because he's smaller than me, but, like, he just beat the crap out of me, and he has eight children. Who will also all beat the crap out of you. Yeah, exactly. So he was like, well, that's not going to work. So after that, he's like, well, I'm going to take them to court, like the normal thing that people would do. So they went to court, and then the judge made a compromise, basically saying that, okay, so yes, technically you bought this land, but this family has squatter's rights because they went on this land, and they've been working it and, like, building it up to make it actually, like, profitable and usable for you. So you're going to let them keep that portion of the land that they've been farming, and then the rest of it you can have and do whatever, like, the hell you want with. Neither of them were happy with that, though, because I don't know why the Donnellys weren't happy with that, because that seems like a pretty good deal. They didn't have to pay for that land. They literally just got it. But he wasn't happy. And um, Farrell was pissed off because he was like, like, the hell, like, I paid for this land, and now a piece of it's getting given away for free to these people who beat me up. So, um... Can you still hear me? Yeah. James wasn't happy either because he wanted the whole thing because he was, I guess, a little bit greedy. So what he ended up doing is that once Farrell moved on to the other parts of the land and started building up his own farm, he retaliated against him by making all sorts of attacks, like killing his animals, he lit, lighting his barn on fire, taking shots at him with, like, his gun. That's rude. I know. Come on, man. Chill. You got your farm. Like, back off whatever uh donnelly was charged for the for the attacks but never got convicted so he never went to jail for it even though he got arrested for it makes sense that's how the justice system works i mean did you see that guy's going to prison for life for like smoking pot or something yeah but then like someone who sexually assaults a girl gets like i don't even know like a week yeah a night in jail oh the justice system i can't even anyways but if you smoke pot (laughs) you Watch out. Awful. Anyways, in 1857, I believe this is the same year. Yeah, so this is all within the same year. Um, At a barn raising bee, which I don't know what that is. I'm assuming it's some kind of party where they're building a barn for somebody in the area. Um, Patrick and James. Stop messing with that. I can't hear. I'm going to fix it because I couldn't hear myself. So, uh, Patrick and James were there with a bunch of other men, and they'd all been drinking all day. So they got to a verbal spat, and soon the men were throwing punches. This time, um, the fight came to an end pretty quickly. Uh, oh, shit. Sorry. This is the first time we're reading this all the way through. With uh, So it came to an end quickly with James driving a hand spike through Farrell's head, killing him instantly. What's a hand spike? Like, um... Like a javelin? No, like, you know those big kind of nail no. things that I showed you yesterday at the store? No. That would have been, like, these... They're big nails that you usually, like, put into the ground to, like, pitch a tent, kind of. Oh, like, oh, I don't know what you mean. What are but, they like, called? big, what are they called? big. What are they called? But they're, like... Pucks, pecs? Pegs. Pegs. But, like, it's different. It's a lot bigger. Like and a like huge a, peg. Yeah. And it's more like a nail, like a giant 
basically it's a giant nail. Anyway, so he drove that through his head and killed him. With but yeah. like with a hammer? No, with his hand. I think the guy would be like, "Ow, oh, that hurts." Maybe not. You would think, but uh, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Craziness. So yeah, so he killed Pharaoh. Then he took off because he was like, "Well, shit." I killed a man. So he fled into the wilderness, but not very far. <laughs> and neighbors reported soon being able to notice a strange woman in a bonnet farming <laughs> in the field. <laughs> good disguise, good disguise. <laughs> it was James disguising himself as a woman. So he could continue working the farm, but that no one would know it was him. Clearly that didn't work because people were like, some woman we don't know is farming their land. It's just him in a dress and a bonnet. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, after spending the winter, like, hiding in the woods, he turned himself in. The judge sentenced him to death, but then the sentence was commuted to seven years in the Kingston Penitentiary instead of death. Not sure why. He's a really good lawyer. So this basically turned into, like, a huge feud with the rest of the town because they were like... He literally killed someone, and he's not dying for this. He's getting seven years and then getting out. So he got out of prison in the 1860s, and when he got home, like, all his kids were suddenly, like, men. What are you doing? (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, so he came home, and he was like, oh. Uh, Apparently, they were, like, all the same as him, and they liked to fight and stuff. He was like, oh, my God, you guys grew up. Yeah, he was like, oh, hey. Hey. So while Jim was gone, though, Joanna was kind of scared for her own safety. So she basically raised the sons to be fighters and, like, to fight because she was like, you need to protect yourself because people aren't happy with us and they're going to come for us, basically. So they would fight to win every time and they would go for your groin or eyes if it would help them win. Wait, I'm confused. Yikes. Why? Who died? The guy that bought the land that was trying to kick them off the land died. Oh. Because James killed him. I thought he killed James. No, the other way around. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, they also... So they gained this bad reputation as, like, fighters, so they they would hit first, talk later. Uh, Also... That's what I do. Had a reputation as thieves. They would steal things that they wanted and vandals and destroy other people's property. So they would take tools and supplies from, like, other farms on a regular basis if they needed it, and they would poison their cattle and, like, light their farms on fire to get, like, a competitive edge in the farming business. In the farm industry. In the farm industry. They were like, no, 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 no. We want people to buy our cows, so we're going to kill your cows so that they can only buy our cows. Which, you know, you know. It makes sense, but, like... Anyways, apparently the police didn't really care. Like, they cared, but, like... They didn't. They had no proof, and they just, like, were like, oh, just deal with this yourself, please. Like, uh, just like today. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not unlike today. Just kidding. Um, one local farmer named Bob McLean tried to press charges against the Donnellys for theft, but his reward was having his house lit on fire. Cool, cool, cool. So, basically, they were scared because they were like, shit, like, I know they're doing this, but if I go to the cops, then... They'll light my house on fire. They're gonna do something worse. Exactly. But apparently this is, like, really common. Like, this is going on everywhere in this town at the time. Like, it wasn't just them that were doing it, but 
they were doing a lot of it. <laughs> they, esta- they established themselves as the toughest family on the Roman line by doing all of this stuff. Okay, so they also had issues that started back in Ireland because uh, they, had, they were considered Blackfeet in Ireland, which is a term that meant uh, Catholic Irish people who chose not to fight the English or the Protestants and to live in peace. The nerve. Uh, this may be where the black and the black Donnelly comes from because people would call them black feet. So basically they were, they were Catholic Irish, but they were like, yeah, you guys want to come live here? That's cool. They weren't like the others who were fighting them, basically. So they were considered traitors to their own people. For white boys, which is Catholics who refused to live peacefully with the English occupation, Blackfeet were considered traitors and more hated than the Protestants themselves. Hmm. Interesting fact. So people that knew them from Ireland that came over would already have an issue with them for that before even knowing about any of this stuff. So then on top of all of that issue they went had the murder and all of this other stuff going on in the later years after james had returned home the their reputation just got worse because he continued fighting alongside them and they would often go out drinking and fighting and generally causing a lot of problems um they continued having a lot of accusations and criminal charges in 1869, William Donnelly was charged with larceny, but never got convicted. Shortly after, he and James Jr. were charged for robbing the post office, but again were acquitted. So it seems like they were arrested a lot and just they could never make anything stick. Um, but the it says they weren't the only ones causing trouble in the area because in 1870, someone burned down their barn. Apparently after their barn got burned down, they decided they were going to try and like settle down. So a lot of the boys got like married and started having families and like chillin' chillin'. Uh, in 1873, William Donnelly decided to enter the stagecoach business and he ran it with several of his brothers and they mapped out routes between London and Exeter and Lucian. Which I think basically, so they started a taxi company. <laughs> taxi company of the 1800s. Because that was the best way for people to get around. So yeah. they were like, this is a genius idea. Let's get in on this. Yeah. Um, but after a couple of months, they were doing really, really well with it. But their competition was sold. He was having too much pressure like from trying to compete with the Donnelly. So he sold the business to Patrick Flanagan. Flanagan was a big Irishman and had no fear of them, apparently. Okay. And they started a brand new feud because, you know, they can never not have a feud. So now they have a feud with another Patrick. This one is Patrick Flanagan. And they call it the Stagecoach Feud. And they would do... Like, they would burn down each other's coach houses. They would fight each other. They would attack each other's horses and stuff so that they couldn't run. It came to its worst a few years after that, when one night someone snuck into Flanagan's barn and they sawed up his stage and completely broke it apart and then attacked his horses. And he went in the next day and found everything in ruins and his horses had been mutilated. After that, a lynch mob showed up at the Donnelly home 
with Flanagan leading it. Your favorite. You love a good mob killing. Yes. <laughs> they had torches. So no kidding. it's time to <laughs> some action. Yes, it's time to follow me. Exactly. But that was instead of Kill the beast. <laughs> instead of Gaston, it was Patrick Flanagan at the head of it. Makes sense. Oh. I'm really confused where we were. Okay, so a lynch mob, the mob. with Flanagan leading showed up at the Donnelly ba- barn. They were ready to take revenge on them because they assumed they were the ones that did it. However, there was an issue because when they got there, James and the rest of the boys were all there. And they burst out of the barn armed with clubs. And pubs. Even though they were outnumbered three to one, they laid into the lynch mob and beat them mercilessly and they end up winning yes (laughs) left their foes broken and bloodied on the ground before them but oh you think they won don't worry they didn't Uh their story came to a brutal end on february 4th 1880 when a group of vigilantes fell uh fell upon they came to their house basically uh, late at night, they knocked on the door, and James answered and went out there. And it was Johnny. Oh no, a boy named Johnny O'Connor, who was a young farmhand, was sleeping in the house that night because he worked for them. So he's the one that testified about what happened in court. He woke to James Senior getting dressed, and said that James Carroll, the town constable, was at the head of the Peace Society, who was this like vigilante mob that came to like talk to James and he was sitting in the kitchen and they said that Tom Donnelly was out front handcuffed and surrounded by a group of men so James demanded to see a warrant saying like why are you arresting my son and Tom apparently antagonized the constable saying oh he thinks he's so smart seconds later all hell broke loose 20 men barged into the kitchen bringing clubs and spade with them they started beating on james senior and joanna and tom bleeding them bloody tom was strong and quick and tried to barrel past his attackers and run outside despite the fact that he was handcuffed but several men chased after him minutes later after beating him outside the men returned and threw him on the floor Johnny vividly remembered someone saying as Tom lay bleeding on the floor, hit that fellow on the head and break his skull open. And someone apparently did that with a shovel. Then the several men ran upstairs, kicking open the door and murdering the Donnelly's visiting niece, Bridget, who was only 21. Covering the bed that Johnny was hidden under with coal oil, they lit the house on fire after setting the farmhouse on fire also. And then they moved on. Uh, Johnny fled after they lit the house on fire because he was still alive, so he managed to get out alive. And he was, they didn't know he was there, so he was a full witness to everything that had happened and they weren't expecting that. Uh, then they moved on from there to the house of Will. The fifth, like the, he was living in a separate house. So they went to Will's house and He, his wife, and his brother, John, and a family friend were all sleeping there. Hearing shouts of fire from outside, John Donnelly went to the door and opened it, and then two shots rang out, ripping through his chest and pelvis, and then he collapsed. Uh, Thinking they had murdered William, the mob left. 
John died on the floor of William's kitchen soon afterward, crying, Will, Will, I've been shot. Yeah. Despite the fact that they had an eyewitness, the courts never convicted any of them, the vigilantes, because they were too closely tied to the county's politics. Typical. (laughs) Johnny's testimony and confession of the two murders were not enough, and the first trial ended in a hung jury. The second trial led to nothing. What's hung jury? Means that they can't decide, like, they can't half of them think yeah, half of them think no, so then they can never make a decision. They're a hung jury. I think there's like a time limit that you have to make a decision, and if you can't, then you're considered a hung jury. The town constable, James Carroll, who was one of the guys that did it, and Father John Connolly, an important Catholic figure in the community, were both directly implicated as participating in the massacre. And a successful prosecution could have led to town riots and more violence in the town, so they decided not to, and no one was ever punished for the Donnelly murders. Yeah. And so the rest of the Donnelly family that did manage to survive the massacre basically didn't succeed very well because the people that killed their family were the ones that wrote the story so they were basically blamed the black Donnellys for all the violence that happened in the town even though they were the ones that like murdered their entire family now to the ghost stories so that's a lot of killing that happened Tinky why are you calling your cat so people say that the Roman line itself is haunted, and that's the, the road. And they say that horses won't even venture down on it, especially on the night of Fe- February 3rd and February 4th, which is the anniversary of the Donnelly Massacre. And if horses do go down there, then death will follow. And apparently uh, what happened to the three horses who were forced to go down there, they died soon after. So the road's considered cursed, especially on those nights. No horses. So people try to avoid that. Uh, There is also another story that says that horses even refuse to pass the old Donnelly property at all at any time of the year. It said that if people riding their horses have to walk with the horses past the property, um, they have to go, like, all the way around because the horses will freak out and they won't go, like, right onto or past the property. There's also been strange tales of headless horses seen galloping through the township. Not to be confused with headless horsemen. These are actual horses that are yeah. headless. Don't get them confused. They're very different. They're very different. Uh, the most popular legend with the horses is that they go wild and run mad as if they've suddenly been possessed. Um, Robert and Noreen Norton bought the Donnelly homestead in 1974, and they moved in with their three children, and they witnessed this firsthand. So all of their horses would just go wild as if they were possessed. They said they were taking care of a friend's horse, something that they did regularly, and one day they found her running around in circles. Her nostrils were flared, and her eyes were filled with terror as if something was chasing her, but nothing was there. This happened on a number of occasions, and each incident was the same. The horse was being chased by nothing, or at least nothing they could see. Anytime nostrils are flared, something's going on. (laughs) 
they they said we only had her a month and then we had to get her out of here she would go nuts at night uh when he was asked if he thought the homestead was haunted he was reluctant to reply he admitted to his belief that there's definitely some extracurricular activity happening on the property he was hesitant to use words like ghost or spirit but he did refer to it as something something that terrorizes the horses slams the kitchen cupboard doors and mysteriously takes things Norton prided himself as a rational man, so he wasn't the type of person that was going to jump to quick conclusions. So that's why he didn't want to say, like, yeah, it's a ghost. He wanted to have, like, a logical explanation for something. But he said he couldn't find any logical explanation regarding the strange things that were happening there. Uh, One incident was the mystery of the green plaid shirt. Sounds like a Nancy Drew novel. Yeah, literally. <laughs> the new, his new hunting shirt was hanging in the closet one day, and then suddenly it vanished, only to reappear a year and a half later in the same closet. What's even weirder is that once the shirt was returned, it was washed, pressed, and folded neatly. Well, yeah, they're not going to give you back a dirty shirt. That's so rude. I mean, that's really polite, though. Yeah. If the ghost borrows your shirt and then brings it back, washed, pressed, and folded, thank you. Yes, please. I don't want any of this, like, dirty laundry return. God. Okay, and then people also say that the barn is haunted. The current owners of the property are Robert and Linda Saltz. They said they've also witnessed strange, unexplained incidents in and around the house. They moved there in 1988 and said they barely had unpacked when they discovered they weren't alone. Robert Saltz is evidently sensitive to the paranormal and he felt the presence of the spirits the first day they arrived there. As they started unpacking their car and removing their possessions and putting them in the barn, he recalls having an eerie sensation of being watched. Oddly enough, since that first encounter with the unknown spirit that resides in the barn, Visitors taking the tour have expressed feeling the same sensation. So he gives the tour, I guess? (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know. The feeling of being observed can occur anytime and anywhere on the property, he said in the book. Haunted Ontario. It can come suddenly over you and you find yourself looking around expecting to see a pair of eyes staring in your direction. But feeling like they're being watched was not the only sensation that tourists have experienced. Some have reported feeling physical contact with the spirit world, like being touched on the shoulder by something, only to turn around and see no one standing there. Wait. Mm-hmm. So we, right now it's the 21st century? Correct. So it doesn't add up. Anyways, okay. Why doesn't that add up? Anyways, because it's only 2,000. Right, right, right. Not 21,000. Yeah, but... The, uh, do I really have to do this? But, like, why? I don't understand why because it's like Because the first that. century was from zero to a hundred. And the second century... Do you mean zero to a thousand? Yes. <laughs> no. A hundred. Yeah. No, no, a thousand. No, millennium is a thousand. No. Yes, Kaelin. No. Yes. Then why'd you say yeah when I said a thousand? Because I was confused. No, a millennium is a thousand. So zero to one hundred was the first century. One hundred to two hundred was the second century. 
and so on and so forth. So that's it's always dumb. one more than you think. That's dumb. So the 1500s is the 16th that's century. Dumb. Well, that's just how it is. Deal with it. Anyways, no one's standing there. That's where we were. Being touched on the shoulder. My favorite thing. Not really. Um, there was a time where they allowed people to spend the night in the barn if they wanted to. So they could come in and observe, like, you know, ghost adventures, do whatever you want. Uh, one couple who slept in the barn were reported to... <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. Okay, so one couple went and slept in the barn, and the next day they went to Salt's. What? And retold their horrifying ordeal of hearing footsteps as someone approached in the straw. Even more terrifying, the man said that he had felt a pressure on his chest. In another incident, two students that were touring the barn also felt pressure on their chest, and one of the teenagers even heard screaming within the barn, but the screams were inside her head, something they call clairaudience. The power to hear sounds said to exist beyond the reach of the ordinary experiences, such as voices of dead people. Why doesn't Teresa join up with the ghost adventures? <gasps> Best crossover ever. Like, wouldn't that make sense? Then they wouldn't need all these fancy devices that say, I want to kill Zach Pagan. <laughs> no. Long Island She'd just be like, hey, wait, I know, what they're gonna, I know what they're saying. I can hear them. Yeah, well... Instead of knife. That's true. Bar. Knife. Alter. Bar. What? What are you saying? They're having to guess what they're saying. Anyways. So, yeah. Apparently she could hear screaming, but no one else could hear it. Just her, and they think she has clear audience, which is the ability to hear frequencies from the dead. Yeah, well, well it doesn't have to be Teresa. Why don't they just get a medium or someone that can... They have, though. I have never seen There's been episodes where they've had, like, mediums and stuff work with them. Mm, why don't they just hire one onto the crew? I mean, that's not as fun. I instead feel like they, lying, wouldn't, they wouldn't be as scared, because they'd actually know what was being said. Well, it depends if it was scary. I mean, that's true. I don't know. We, we, should, we should pitch it. We should pitch it. If you can't tell, we literally spent all night watching Ghost Adventures last night. Okay, so the house that the Salt family lives in was not the original Donnelly home, since, you know, that was burnt down in the massacre on February 4th, 1880, in case you forgot. Uh, the next year, the remaining members of the family, William, Patrick, and Robert Donnelly, got together and reconstructed the middle part of the house. It's that original section of the home that many eerie and unexplained incidents have taken place, although the rest of the house has its fair share of ghostly occurrences as well. So they report phantom footsteps and voices in the night. He said, uh, Robert Saltz, the guy that lives there, says he's been awakened in the night by sound of footsteps on the stairs, but knowing that no one else is there, he just literally goes back to sleep. Because it's happened so many times that he just is used to it but he also says that the owner of these footsteps has even called his name three times mm-hmm. and he says it sounds like a firm masculine voice like mine but he never bothers searching for the like like he never goes looking like he hears someone calling out his name but he knows there's no one there so he He's doesn't like here. go looking for him I'd like a message 
sorry, I'm not here, I mean, <laughs> what? No, he basically is like, I know it's a ghost, so I'm not going to go looking for it, because I'm obviously not going to find anything. So he just goes back to sleep. Uh, another weird thing happened while he was taking a shower. No, that's the worst. I hate scary shower things. He, oh no, Keelan, I can't. There was like a handprint? No, he saw a shadow of someone on the shower curtain who entered the bathroom and then exited while he was in there. <laughs> Thinking it was either his wife or his son, he asked them, like, what the hell did you come into the bathroom while I was showering? And both of them were like, no, that would be weird. Beeping Tom. Later, he like made Charles <laughs> do it to prove like it wasn't him. But they couldn't like recreate the shadow through the curtain. Mm. Um, so to this day they still haven't figured out like who came in which of the ghosts was a peeping tom but like actually um, during their first year that they were living there uh, Charles who's the son said he spotted ghostly figures one Saturday morning while he was playing in his room then he ran into the kitchen to tell his parents like there was four people in my room, a man and a woman in plain black clothes and two children wearing white outfits. Which is very specific. And they said... And they said nothing. But uh, A&E, like the TV network, had a... What? Like A&E. What's that? It's a TV network. Okay. They um, has sent a medium there to do like a show. And they brought a psychic in who, like, went around the house to search for any, like, paranormal activity, if they could sense anything. And she said she felt a female presence who she believed was that of Jenny Donnelly, who was James and Joanna's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, other psychics that visited there with other film crews said they've also detected people there. And they seem to be very similar to the apparitions that Charles described in his room. Psychics describe two spirits as stern, like two older spirits as stern-looking individuals. One was tall with a beard, dressed in handmade clothing, and the other was a woman who wore her hair up in a bun. She was clothed in a simple dress and Victorian high-laced shoes. It's speculated that this is James and Joanna. Makes and sense. After the tenth medium, in this edition, a small and a large. You're not funny, but like, into it, that I <laughs> that was so bad, but like it's like also it's funny, <laughs> but like it's not. Anyway, so people believe that the Donnellys are caught in limbo because of their violent death, limbo, and that they have unfinished business, so they're unable to make their final journey to Hello. heaven, Hello. hell. No one knows <laughs> to their proper afterlife, so they're stuck here on their homestead. Or maybe they just wanted to stick behind and we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. This is our place. Don't you dare go up the staircase without me. (laughs) Whatever the reason, they're still haunting them. And... But they're not hurting them. No. Well, except the people who's... They're putting pressure on their chest and, like, making sure they can't breathe. But No. Pressure doesn't mean they're... The, the pressure on your chest because it'd just be like this. Yeah, but that like not like <sighs> I wouldn't like wake up and be like, "There's pressure on my chest." If someone just touched it, they didn't wake up. It was in the barn. Yeah, they, when they were sleeping in the barn. But and those people were just walking in the yeah, barn. Yeah, I, I said. 
but again, like I, I wouldn't be like oh, it's them weird. being like, stop walking. I don't know. Either You're way, getting the bird so dirty. Either way, they're still there. My head hurts because of their violent death. I'm tired. Don't be tired. That's not allowed. Not allowed. All right. So that's the story of the Black Donnellys, Ontario. If you want to go check that out, it's in Biddle. Where, where is it? Just north of London, Ontario. I don't really know Ontario. where it is. In Ontario. Google it. That's I'm sure Canada. you can find it out. Not the Ontario the United States, which we found out yesterday. Apparently, it's a place, Kira. Yeah, I was Ottawa. No, it was also Ontario. Toronto. Ottawa. Vancouver. Never mind. <laughs> You're wrong. You are just so wrong. We've also been playing a lot of trivia crack. Which is true. Or is it false? <laughs> true or false? We don't know what we're talking about. Anyways! I can see the spoons. No, you're making so much noise right now. Don't play the spoon. Stop it. What was that? The couch, it's broken. Stop playing the spoons. You're literally just banging them together. I haven't even started that. <laughs> It's I'm so still bad. trying to get them in position. Okay, Key's trying to play the spoons. She can't. Oh, oh my gosh. This is, this is horrifying. I'm so sorry. No, stop it. Why? Um, okay, that was so loud. <laughs> okay, so that was our Black Donnelly's story. Oh. Why are you not letting me talk? I just like burped something up. That's disgusting. I know. Don't do that. <laughs> now we're telling the world. Oh, yeah. And we just wanted to say thanks to everyone who's listening because holy crap, we jumped a huge amount in lessons. Can you not? <laughs> oh my god. So last time we recorded and talked to you, we were all excited because we'd hit uh, 400... 350 or something listens. We don't remember. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, now, as of like this second, we have 972 listens. And we hit the top... Not We were in the top 10 for history <laughs> podcast. Oh, I have the hiccups! Oh my god, that was way loud. Uh, we were in the top 10. <laughs> Keelan, oh my god. I have the hiccups now. Okay, well don't hiccup into the <laughs> microphone. Oh my god. Okay, we were in the top 10 on the Apple Podcasts top charts for history. And we have, yeah, did I already say we have 972 listens? Woo, thank you so much for everyone that keeps listening. Um, oh my god, I'm going to kill you. Okay, again, please find us on social media because we are literally everywhere and we just want people to talk to you. You can find us on Twitter at GirlsGGPodcast, on Instagram at GirlsGhostGhouls, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GirlsGhostGhouls. Our website is www.GirlsGhostsAndGhouls.com. Our email where you can send any story recommendations or personal creepy stories that you just want to share with us is GirlsGhostsAndGhouls at gmail.com. And we also have a Patreon, which is www patreon.com slash girls ghosts and ghouls boom I I'm think so that's stressed because I never know when it's going to come 
The hiccups? Yeah. Oh my god. So, yeah, please follow us on all those places. At us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Look at our silliness. Like us trying to buy pajamas for our cats. It's a good time. Keelan, oh my god, that's so gross. I can't help it, Kira. So rude. So rude. (sighs) We have stickers. We also have, yeah, we have merch, too, on the website. Um, and we have stickers, but that's kind of unrelated. I just got the stickers. You can put it on, cool. if you're in school, you could put it on your binder. Yeah. If you're not in school, you could put it on your face. <laughs> or on your car, or on your notebook. Um, but yeah, actually, on the website, we do have merch. If, if you, you have a cell phone. Want. We have phone cases. We've got If you wear cams. clothes, we have that. We have hoodies, tank tops t-shirts and uh we're gonna be looking at some new designs right now we just have ones with our like our one logo on them but we're gonna look into other things crop tops no drop top what a drop top (laughs) it's a car i know i'm saying it's hot smoking in the the hot box yeah that's a song okay that's interesting if you have any stories for us please email them in because we love reading them and they freak us out and we haven't had a story like a personal story since that one about the Ouija board which Which was sick which was in a good way in a good way a good sick that was such a cool story and like we still think about it it's 18 bucks that's expensive (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs) dude it's literally your own merch you're supposed to be pushing it that's so cheap it's too expensive (laughs) I would not buy that Not cool, not cool. Anyway. Oh my god, it's him. <laughs> yeah, I said baby approved. If you Girls don't know what we're talking just about, wanna oh, have fun. Uh, just want to have fun. Just want to have on Instagram. Oh my god, I was there. <laughs> it was true. It's you were there. So hopefully, by the time we talk to you next, come alive. He will come alive. Have no hiccups. driver's license. I know he does. But that's not Except true. Except it's because not true because we're recording. Because we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true because we're recording another episode right after this. But no, then, you're not supposed to tell them that. Sorry, guys. But the next, next time after that next, time. Next, next, next. Next, next, next. So not next. this Wednesday, but like next Wednesday. So just next. Hopefully she'll have her driver's license by then and she can hit the road and be free and no longer need a chauffeur. Yeah. It's going to free my life up, let me tell you. Well, except I don't have a car. And mom's like, Okay, guys, we're going to have a P.O. box. Feel free to send me a car. <laughs> yeah, Kia Just ship car. it across the sea. Donate to our Patreon to buy Kia a car. Yeah. Just kidding. I mean, not kidding. Not kidding. Do what you want to do. Oh. We don't have a P.O. box, though, so don't send us anything. <laughs> We might get one. If you want us to, add us on Twitter. If you live in Australia and you want to ship me a car across the sea, she will not accept. (laughs) I don't want a big truck. She wants a little. Like a Honda Civic. Oh my god. Okay, you're not getting a car. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Alright, guys. Thanks for listening and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Like literally right away. (laughs) Okay, bye. 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 Bye.